Welcome to Fusion Student Ministries. We hope this message equips and encourages you. Okay, well, we're going to start tonight in Proverbs chapter 23, in verse 7. We're going to read it, and we're going to pray, and then we're going to dive in. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7 says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. We thank you for the privilege to be able to sit under your word, to be able to learn your word, and Lord, to be able to receive from your word. And God, we just ask tonight that you would speak to us. Lord, our prayer tonight is, Lord, here are your servants. Speak to us. We are willing to hear from you. I thank you, God, as we continue in our series, God, that you're changing our thinking. You're transforming our minds, God. I thank you for every single one of us that as we leave this building tonight, we will leave changed. We will not be the same person. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. How many of you ever heard of the saying, you are what you eat? You are what you eat. Ever heard of that saying? Class participation. Have you ever heard of this saying, you are what you eat? How many of you know that the struggle is real when it comes to eating healthy? How many of you actually honestly make a real attempt to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best to eat healthy. Let me see your hands. I'm not raising my hand. I, I, in, in my mind, good job, guys. Congratulations. See, let's give them applause. I have bought into the concept that is eating healthy. Uh, I, I've seen the, the document, uh, the, the documentaries. I've seen, I've read literature about it. Uh, I notice whenever I eat healthier, I feel better. Uh, I know all of it. Uh, I, I totally believe in it. I buy into it. And then something happens whenever I enter into the grocery store and I see a scenario similar to this. And I always grab this. How many of you are like me? You, you buy into it. You, you believe in it. We should do it. I, you, heart disease, obesity, yada, 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 stroke, all this stuff, preventative things, if we would just eat better. We know all that, right? We hear all this, we get all this, but yet we can't resist this. You just can't. It's everywhere on TV. You can't escape junk food. It's all over the place. And we really should be eating more of this, but we eat a whole lot more of this. And I would tell you that it's the same with our thinking. The title of tonight's message is, You Are What You Think. You are what you think. And by the way, whenever you leave, you can take the apple and the honey bun with you. It's underneath. And you're going to probably eat this first. I, I, will, I will as well. In fact, I'll put it right here. And I'll have it on my way home. But you are what you think. In Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7, the Bible says that as he thinks... So is he. You can put your name in the place of he. As Elijah thinks, so is he. 
As I think, so am I. And the same is true whenever we have all these different temptations in our life. We, we, we go all these different places and we see all these different things that are giving us a great picture of the world that is enticing, that looks delicious, but is not good for us. As a man thinks, so is he. Now, whenever you heard the title as as you think, so you are, uh, you know, thinking is, is how what you become, uh, you know, you are what you think. A few of you probably had a thought like, oh, dang, maybe you might have had that moment like I don't want to be what I've been thinking. I've had those moments of, oh, I don't want to really be this. The good news is, is that you don't have to stay where you're at. You don't have to stay where you're at. How many biggest loser fans we got? People, mainly ladies get into it. I I don't, I'm I'm not going to claim to be one, but we see these incredible uh, transformations. Everybody loves transformation. Myself included. We love to see someone that was maybe overweight that gets in shape and we hear the, the trauma that they experienced as a kid and, and, and all this stuff and how they begin to think differently and how, you know, we just, we, we can't, America can't get enough of transformation. And the truth is, is that this is available for us. So many of us on the outside were fit, look good, and, and feel okay physically, but inside we're just a mess. We're, we are absolutely, we could be healthy in our, in our physical body, but unbelievably unhealthy inside. And you know, tonight I want to really talk to you about how to become what God thinks about you. How to become what God thinks about you. You may have not thought of this, but God, talking about the mind, thinks about you. He thinks about you. You you probably don't think about that on a regular basis, but Psalms chapter 139 verse 17 says, how precious, talking about God, how precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. Now, is this is David or the psalmist is talking to God and he's talking about how numerous the thoughts of God are about him, which are the same towards us. Is the psalmist being exaggerant when he says all of these these things or is it an actual statement to show us how much God's love is for us? I believe that it's to show us how much God loves you. And God thinks about you as an individual and sees the person that you are and sees the person that you are thinking you are. But his thoughts, the Bible says, are higher than our thoughts. So you may see yourself right here. However, God actually sees you up here. And the reason that God sees you up here is because of what Jesus did on the cross, that he doesn't just see you and your sin. However, he sees his son, Jesus, what he accomplished on the cross for you and I. And he thinks about you all the time. 
And so if God has good thoughts about you, then why should you have negative thoughts about you? Why should you have negative thoughts about you? So how do I become what God thinks about me? How do I become that person? And I'm just going to give you tonight just one, just so you can, those of you that are taking notes, you can track with me. I'm just going to give you one major point and then three sub points. The major point that I want to give you of how do you become the person that God wants you to become? Number one is think about things that are above. How do you how do you become the person that God wants you to be in your thought life? Thinking upon things that are above. Colossians chapter three, verse one says, If then you have been raised with Christ, that's talking about those of us that have come into a relationship with Christ. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not not things that are on earth. So, okay, this is this is our main point is how do I become the person that God wants me to be through my thought life, is I set my thing, my mind on things that are above. Okay, that's great. How, what are then things that are above? What are things that are above? I begin to ask myself this question because I've heard this scripture, probably like you, a whole, whole lot of times. Of Don't think upon earthly things, think upon heavenly things. Don't think upon things that are here, think upon things that are above. So it caused me to then begin to think, well, what above things should I be thinking? Isn't that the logical progression? What are above things that I should be thinking about? Number one, fix your thoughts on the kingdom of heaven. Fix your thoughts on the kingdom of heaven. You know that there's a, a natural way, a natural system of order here on earth. However, God is able to supersede or, uh, or go beyond what's here on earth. And Jesus actually talked a lot about the kingdom of heaven. If you read through the Gospels, it seems like Jesus is always talking about the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven, trying to get our minds off of just the temporal stuff and trying to get our minds on the eternal stuff. You know what I'm talking about? Were you trying to just remove? We get so consumed by this life that we don't even think about the life to come or we don't really think about the heaven operating system, the kingdom of heaven. So many of us have have gone through that and so many of us before us even have gone through that even i think of abraham who who's talked about in the book of hebrews you know hebrews 11 the hall of fame of faith talking about you know all these people that accomplished great things for god well, one of the ways that 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 abraham accomplished that was through faith but in hebrews 11 chapter 8 it says it was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. And even when he reached the land God promised him, he lived there by faith, 
for for he was like a foreigner living in tents. And so did Isaac and Jacob, who inherited the same promise. Look at chapter at verse 10 here. It says Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. Abraham, the reason that he got to the promised land is because he wasn't thinking uh, or not the promised land of the, the land that God had promised him was because he wasn't thinking about just that land, just that property. He was thinking about the eternal land that he would inherit. That was the kingdom of heaven. So the way that Abraham accomplished what he accomplished wasn't just by him thinking of I'm going to a land. I'm going to a land. Think about it like, like, like this here. You know, before this church was ever built, was ever founded, our founding pastor, Pastor Francis Martin, saw a piece of property. He began to dream. He began to think about what could be, what could happen. He wasn't just thinking about this land so he could, man, it'd be cool if I could have a church one day so I could have some people to preach to that would respect me, that would honor me. He wasn't thinking about the actual physical property. He was thinking about what could be accomplished through the property. Abraham wasn't thinking just about the land that he could kick back and share with his children and grandchildren. He was thinking about what would be accomplished eternally and he was looking to the kingdom of heaven. When we begin to look through the kingdom of heaven's eyes, we begin to see like God sees. We begin to see things through a different perspective. Whenever I am thinking more about the kingdom of heaven than I am about this temporal earth, I see things differently. Whenever I'm thinking more about this earth here, I see things differently. For instance, whenever I'm thinking about just this earth for me, I think about it of what it can accomplish for me. Whenever I see it through the vision of the kingdom of heaven, I then begin to get God's perspective and see it through what God can do through this. Everything that we have in our life is a vehicle. It's a vehicle to get us to the destination to get those that are not yet saved, saved so that they can get to the ultimate destination. Everything here, everything on this property, everything in this in this on this campus, in this building is a vehicle to get things to people to think upon the kingdom of heaven, things that are above. When you begin to think about God's kingdom, you begin to see God's kingdom. And Jesus really desired for us to to get this principle, to get this concept. In fact, and in, in you've heard this scripture in Matthew chapter six, verse thirty three. He says, but seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness and all these things will be added to you. What Jesus was trying to do for his disciples is the same thing that he's trying to do for you and I today is if you can begin to get your mind off of just where you're at and seek first the kingdom, then you will begin to see how he sees. You know, 
we, we think about Jesus is the one that, that modeled prayer for us. He's the one that led it out. And in fact, the way that he told us to pray is your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So even in prayer, Jesus was trying to get us to fix our thoughts on the kingdom of heaven so that if we would fix our thoughts on the kingdom of heaven, we then would begin to see through the lenses of heaven, we then would begin to see through the lenses of heaven. Jesus modeled this for us because he was ultimately the one that could talk to us about it. He was he was the model of the kingdom. And you remember the scripture in Matthew, the story whenever Jesus went out into the wilderness and he began to get tempted by Satan One of the things that Satan tempted Jesus, if you read it in Matthew chapter four, verse eight, said next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him the kingdoms of the world and all their glory. He said to Jesus, I will give it all to you if you would kneel down and worship me. Get out of here, Satan. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him. For the scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Jesus was able to respond that way because he what the Bible says in the beginning, the word and the word was with God. Jesus actually is the word of God. And so he could quote that. But also his mind was not upon this earth, but his mind was on the kingdom of of heaven. And so whenever the enemy began to tempt him with the kingdoms, little K, he didn't face him because he was focused on the kingdom, capital K. So many of us begin to get tempted by the kingdoms, little K, and we look on it and man, this is so amazing. That's so incredible. But there's really the kingdom, capital K, that God is wanting us to fix our thoughts on the kingdom of heaven. If we would fix our thoughts on the kingdom of heaven, we would begin to see through the lenses of the kingdom of of heaven. And as you would begin to think about that, it would change who you are. It would change who you are because of who you're thinking and what you're thinking about. You know the principle of pie? Have you heard that? Where there's only so much. Like if I had a pizza up here and and it was cut in slices, there's only so much of it. There's only so much of so much time in the day. There's only there's only so many thoughts you and I have. And if we would begin to take more thoughts and put it in the kingdom of heaven, we would begin to become brand new people. We would begin to be transformed. That's why the Bible says be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This series is huge for for every single one of us. All of us are at a different place in our life. All of us have different struggles in our life. And all of us do have struggles. But if we would begin to adopt the thinking of thinking about the kingdom of heaven, we would begin to become the person that God desires us to be. So as we begin to think of the kingdom of heaven, number two, what we should think about is the king of the kingdom. The king of the kingdom. So the main theme, the main point, fix your things, your thoughts on things that are above 
What are things that are above that we should be thinking about? Number one, the kingdom of heaven. Number two, the king of the kingdom. Who is the king of the kingdom? Jesus. Jesus. Jesus came on this earth to accomplish what you and I could never accomplish. And people that were around him would begin to were beginning to think of things differently. They they thought of a kingdom like you and I think of a kingdom of someone that is sitting on a throne here on earth, has lots of power, has lots of authority, and it's all kind of self-serving in a way. But Jesus came and kind of broke that mentality. It was different than what people thought. And the Pharisees came up to him in Luke chapter 17, verse 20, and says, one day the Pharisees asked Jesus, when will the kingdom of God come? Jesus replied, the kingdom of God can't be detected by visible signs. You won't be able to say, here it is, or there, look, it's over there. For the kingdom of God is already among you. People were looking for, for a physical sign of him ruling through democracy or him ruling for, through government. And they were looking for a physical sign. And in reality, the kingdom was right in front of them. The king of the kingdom was right in front of him. And you know, one of the amazing things, whenever Jesus died on the cross, whenever you look, read the Gospels, you know, whenever someone was, was, was crucified, which in, in, old, in that time period was the way um, of capital punishment, what they would do is as they nailed them to the cross, above their cross, they would put their primary charge that was above them. Like if, if you were a thief, it would say this person stole this or this person is a thief. If you were a murderer, it would say this person murdered so-and-so or this person is a murderer. It would have the charge above the person. Jesus lived a sinless life and there was no charge to put above him. And because there was no charge to put above him, the charge that was placed above him was the king of the Jews. The king had come in a way that was not expected, but it was the way that it had to be done. He sacrificed his life for you and I so that we could be set free in our minds. I'm kind of getting ahead of myself because that's what I'm going to finish up the series next week, but I'm going to go ahead and talk about it right now and I'll talk about it again next week. I'll stir you up by way of reminder, like Paul said. If you were at Golgotha that day, whenever Jesus was crucified on the cross, another word for it was the place of the skull. I want you to really catch this, because if you get this, this is really a powerful revelation. Another term for Golgotha where Jesus was crucified was the place of a skull. I've never been to uh, Jerusalem or Israel, but I've seen pictures and I, and I've, I know people that have been. It's actually, Golgotha is quite an eerie place whenever you're, you're near there. And the, the reason that it's called the place of the skull is from a distance, it actually looks like a human skull. And Jesus, the king of the Jews that day, died upon a place that looked like a human skull, shed his blood for you and I. The king came so that his servants could be set free in their mind. In your mind. Jesus shed his blood so that you and I could have a transformed mind. Of course, he died on the cross 
first and foremost for our salvation, for our healing, for so much more. The cross is a is a series that can be preached every single week because of the depth and the revelation that is within it. But specifically, as we're talking about mind games, Jesus came for your mind to be set free. We're going to talk more about that next week. But as we fix our thoughts on the kingdom of heaven, the progression is the king. You notice that if it's all about the king. Without a king, there is no kingdom. The king is the one that, the, that everybody is so excited about. You ever play chess? You ever try doing it without a king? Doesn't work very well. You ever try thinking about the kingdom of heaven and then not think about the king? It doesn't work very well. As we fix our thoughts on Jesus, the king of the kingdom, our minds, our lives get transformed. Some of you have been just just it's just been grueling your, your lives. You might have been at the same place, same struggle, same things. Your mind is just wandering, wandering, going all over the place as you fix your thoughts on the king on the kingdom of heaven and the king of heaven. You will then become the person that God thinks about you, that God desires for you to be. So we're thinking about things that are above. What are the things that are above? We fix our thoughts on the kingdom of heaven, number one. Number two, we fix our thoughts on the king of the kingdom. And finally, number three, fix your thoughts on the servants of the kingdom. Fix your thoughts on the servants of the kingdom. Hebrews chapter 12, verse one says, therefore, we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the to the life of faith. So many of us don't realize the vast support that you have in the servants of the kingdom of heaven. You were thinking, fixing our thoughts upon things that are above. We think about the kingdom of heaven. We think about the king and we think about the servants in the kingdom in the way that God desires for you to think about it. Why am I talking about this? Some of you, not all of you, some of you have lost loved ones. Someone, some of you literally not lost loved ones. I'm talking about they, they've passed away. Not a person that's not saved. But people in your life that are close to you have passed away. And the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 4, verse 13, it says, Dear brothers and sisters, We want you to know what will happen to the believers who died so you will not grieve like those people with no hope. The three areas that we think of things thinking above, we think of the actual kingdom of heaven, we think of the king of heaven. And I just want to give you hope tonight, maybe not in in this time of your life, but if you have a loved one that passes away that and were born again, given their life to Christ is that they are now in that place of things above. Because they have gone to that. And one day the Bible gives us hope that we don't have to grieve like those who do not have this hope, but we have hope that is found in Christ. And therefore, your mind can be set free. You don't have to worry any longer. Because we have a God that cares. We have a God that loves and is passionately in love with you and I. We have a God that desires to completely 
set your life free completely mentally that you don't have to have. The Bible talks about uh, your a mental a stronghold, which is a mental stronghold, a mental block that literally has a grip on you that you cannot get set free from and you can be free. You don't have to become the toxic thoughts that you are thinking that God can actually rewire your brain to become what it's designed to become. I've been reading a lot of material from a lady named Caroline Leaf. And uh, she was a neuro, a cognitive neuroscientist for over 30 years. And um, she's unbelievably smart. I haven't really been able to use most of her material because I'm not smart enough to convey all of her material. But uh, before, she's also a born-again believer and, and she recently has left her field of practicing full-time cognitive neuroscience uh, to become a traveling speaker and talking about this topic right here about your thought life. And she's written different books about um, toxic thoughts and how to detox your thoughts and what happens. And it's incredibly interesting. One of the things that happens that she talks about is she has pictures and it's really, really amazing because she takes science and then she takes uh, God's word and kind of intermingles it whenever it talks about your mind. And she has pictures of a brain and pictures of and goes back into people that are are, are having like maybe a lot of stress and are thinking a lot about like finances or or whatever, or, or people that are basically what she talks about, toxic thoughts or, or sin that is just constantly running rampant. And then she compares it to a brain that as, as she goes into their genetics and things like that, that is more at ease, that, is, that does this thing that we talk about, take every thought captive. And in toxic thoughts, in the pictures of it, it actually looks like trees that are growing. And those, and so she talks about how your thoughts are real and how they actually attach, they, they move, it starts, I believe, in the right side of your brain, begins to travel to the left side of your brain, and it actually begins to attach itself. And she has like x-rays or, or whatever, whatever it is, MRIs or something like that. Yeah, yeah, CT scans and shows and shows that and shows how the thought actually travels and is real and become and attaches to a part of your brain and talks about how that scripture that we started out with as a man thinks so is he and it and it the toxic thoughts, the things that are negative look a whole lot different than than positive thoughts, which is pretty, pretty incredible. And the more that you begin to think of the same thought, it continues to travel up your brain and attach itself and attach itself. And then it literally physically becomes part of your brain, the cells and the makeup of your DNA as as you think. And so when we're talking about this, the reason that we did this series is not because just to come up with a topic, because this material can transform your life and change the path of your life. So you're your teenager right now. You begin to adjust your, your thinking according to the word of God. And you begin to think of yourself the way God thinks about you. And it completely radically shifts who you become, who you are and changes who you will become. The Bible says about you that you are fearfully and wonderfully 
beautifully made. So many of us don't see that whenever we look in the mirror or whenever we we go over whatever we're doing or whatever we're striving. It's never good enough. But the truth is, is that the God of the universe is actually crazy about you. He loves you and he thinks good thoughts about you. And so if he thinks that, then who am I to think anything different? And as you begin to think of the thoughts that God thinks about you, it'll change who you are. It will literally change the person that you are. So if you are thinking negative thoughts and you're, you're that person, you be, you're becoming, you begin to act out as you speak. It's kind of almost like you ever have a, a flashlight that's dying and the only way to keep you're in the dark. I've had this a few times during hurricanes and you shake that you shake that flashlight and you get a little blink of light and you follow the path. And then you shake it and you get another little bit of light and you follow the path. And you're like, man, this you, you never think about flashlights until you actually need it. And then you shake it and you get a little little bit of light. The iPhones have changed things. But back when whenever Josh and I were kids, that's how it was. The little plastic ones, you'd shake it, get a little bit of light, find where you're going. The same way when you're thinking, you get a thought and you go that direction and you get a thought and you move that direction and you get a thought and you move that direction and then Soon, you will become who you think, who, how you have been thinking. You have now arrived at the destination that has been flashing light before you, either positive or negative, because as we think, so are we. Let's close in prayer tonight. You can stand to your feet. I want to I want to pray for you tonight. With all eyes closed and all heads bowed, nobody looking around. I'm not going to call you up. But I just want to pray for you right where you're at. Some of you, you 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 have incredible toxic thoughts. You think very you have poor self image. And it's changing, it's affecting the way that you're living your life. And the truth is, is that tonight he can be set free of it as you begin to get the thoughts of God. And I want to pray for you right now. And what I want to specifically pray for you is that right now, here in this moment and in the moments to come, that you would begin to actually grasp and get some of the thoughts that God is thinking about you. And as you begin to see and think of how God thinks about you, your life will change. Father, I pray for every single person hearing my voice right now. Lord, I pray that you would touch their lives, that you would move in their lives right now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I just pray for every single person, God, that they would begin to see the thoughts and feel and experience the thoughts that you have for them. Lord, I thank you that your thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Lord, as we set our thoughts on things that are above, that's including you, we're now grasping the thoughts that you have that are far above us. Lord, I thank you right now for touching lives supernaturally tonight in the name of Jesus. I thank you, God, for supernaturally moving on every single life in this place, God. I thank you for showing us the thoughts that you have and so that we can become who you think of us. 
Lord, we thank you for your word tonight. We thank you that it's touching our lives and will continue to touch our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Again, thanks for joining us. For more info on Fusion, you can check us out on YouTube, Facebook, or Instagram. Thank you.